Hello and welcome back to the Trinity League Football Podcast. I'm Dan Albano with the Orange County Register and OCVarsity.com. And I have a special preview of the Division I Southern Section Football Championship coming up on Friday evening, November 22nd at Cerritos College, 730. For the third straight year, it will be modern day taking on rival St. John Bosco for the Division I title inside track also on the national title it's a huge matchup with uh you know in southern section and of course nationally st john bosco ranked number one nationally across multiple polls 13 and 0 and modern day on the field 12 and 1 ranked second in the one of the max preps national rankings third in some other polls they're uh 11 and 2 overall thanks to uh courtesy of one uh, forfeit. And this will be the second meeting of these uh, teams this year. St. John Bosco won the Trinity League showdown November, uh, excuse me, October uh, 13th, 41-18. to That game was at the Santa Ana Bowl. Almost near perfection for the Braves that uh, evening. It was a postponed game from the previous night because of lightning. But again, that October 13th game, Won by the Braves, 41-18. So I'm coming to you tonight solo. Uh, had some technical difficulties uh, with uh, recording the podcast. And we had under the weather, um, Scotty Barajas, my uh, faithful partner. But uh, was able to discuss some keys to the game with Scotty. And uh, got about five or so of his uh, keys to the game for modern day. Um, we'll talk a little bit about some keys to the game for St. John Bosco as well. But I think, you know, and I agreed with Scotty that, you know, probably the more interesting uh, topic is how modern day could possibly, you know, switch that deficit where they were so dominated by St. John Bosco in the first game. How can they, um, you know, flip the script this particular time where we know what, uh, you know, Bosco shown what their strengths are and how decisively better they were than modern day in that, in that first matchup. So a couple keys to, to the game for modern day. Again, we're talking about the division one championship game coming up on uh, um, November 23rd, Friday at Cerritos college, seven thirty. So the first thing that uh, my partner, Scott Barajas mentioned was if modern day defense can figure out a way to pressure uh, St. John Bosco quarterback DJ, because that uh, last game that they played, these two teams played, Modern Day wasn't able to sack DJ once, and when he was in the pocket and he's given time, these uh, the, you know the, the strong arm junior quarterback is is very accurate and he's going to pick apart most most defenses just like he did against uh, Modern Day in the first game. He was 15 of 21. For 278 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. So that's the kind of um, performance you'll get uh, from DJ if you don't pressure him. Just like you know, with most quarterbacks, if he's comfortable, he can set his feet. If he can scan the field, he has the arm and the accuracy to deliver those kind of numbers. Again, he completed over uh, just over 70% of his passes, and that was the first thing Scotty um, gave. Uh, me as the the number one key for modern day. These next couple uh, of keys to the game for modern day, not necessarily in order, but things that I I, I took away from um, talking to, to Scotty Barajas. One of his another keys that he mentioned the game 
was the involvement of Sean Dollars for Modern Day, who is an Oregon-committed senior running back who also plays receiver, very versatile player, really an athlete on offense. In the first game, uh, Sean Dollars had six carries for 31 yards, and he had one catch for 15 yards. No, no scores for Sean Dollars. The very next game that Modern Day played was at Saint was uh, was uh, after this loss. They played down in J. Sarah, and the Monarchs made a a concerted effort to get Sean Dollars more involved. They'll give him the 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 little pitch sweeps, um, pat, you know, short little passes as he comes in motion and runs right in front of Bryce Young. He takes a little pitch, so he'll take the you know that was a play. They'll move them more in the slot. I think they have to get more involved. And I think one of the things that, um, you know, that, you know, what Scotty believes is real important, uh, why that is important is because of the lack of a number, a, a really no, a true number two receiver behind Brew McCoy. That's, that's one thing that Scotty and, and some other, you know, analysts of the modern day offense will say that there really isn't a number two option. And that's really the most talented guy. Uh, most likely is um, at the receiving end is Sean Dollars. So look to see if, if, if modern day can get him involved creatively in the slot in motion. Um, I don't and, well, and, and, and obviously some carries, um, you know, I, I think uh, that's something I think that's on uh, modern day's mind and St. John Bosco's mind. Um, Coach Jason Negro talked about, um, Sean Dollars and and Shakobi Harper as a as a duo, and you know while running the ball, they they you know there's been some separation. Shakobi Harper has seemed like the the number one back and has you know about double the rushing yards, close to you know about a thousand yards for Modern Day. But Sean Dollars is a key uh, for Modern Day, I I believe, and and Sky does believe. So moving on back to Bryce Young, another thing Scotty mentioned was. Bryce Young managing his running ability, his scrambly effectively, where I think that's another big boost that the um, and Scotty and I agree that another big boost for the modern day offenses is Bryce effectively running, not necessarily for those spectacular runs that he's been known for um, throughout the season, but he just to prolong drives to escape pressure. And when there is open field ahead of him, if he can pick up some first down and extend some um, drives and pick his spots well. So he was sacked four times in the first game by St. John Bosco, but he was also outrushed by DJ. DJ had 10 carries for 39 yards and seemed to have some of those were really well timed dry uh, runs off of uh, play action fakes that really extended drives and kept the modern day defense off balance. Bryce Young. Seven carries in the last game, 22 yards. Of course, he, like we said, he was sacked um, four times. So that's something I think is is starting to, you know, that, that Bryce is starting to grow into where he is able to make, because of his juking ability, he's able to make some spectacular runs. He had one against St. John Bosco in the, in the first game, about a 42-yard run. And he's had him throughout the season, but... Prolonging drives, running out of bounds, picking up those yards, sliding when he needs to slide. I think that would be a big key because um, it's going to be hard for, for modern day against the St. John Bosco defense. That front seven's outstanding. How well will Shakobi Harper be able to run it? 
What kind of support can they give? Can the Monarchs give Brew McCoy? Where's Sean Dollars? They're going to need some some outstanding running and some smart running from from Bryce Young. So that's another matchup. Fourth matchup. This was, again, pretty high on Scotty's matchup. Uh, uh, list of keys to the game for modern day is going to be the secondary matchup. I, I've watched the all the offensive series uh, for St. John Bosco in the last game once again. And there were uh, there were a few times um, the secondary basically ha- and the linebackers definitely had some issues um, matching up with um, the St. John Bosco alignments, um, their formations, and they had a trouble um, keeping their balance and positioning well with the uh, the ball fakes, the handoff fakes uh, by DJ. So they he was able to. Um, to DJ was effectively able to draw the safety for, uh, safeties for modern day forward on some plays and get um, and then they were able to get um, receivers behind those safeties. Um, there was blown coverages on some of their uh, their um, formations. Some of their their uh, when they were able to group three receivers to one side or when they went real wide the first time or one of the first times they went real wide with two wide receivers bunched outside the numbers the first time they did that even the the fox commentators fox sports commentators made a comment early in the game wow look how how wide those receivers are for St. John Bosco they're outside the numbers on that very play there was a huge uh, blown coverage in the middle of the field. So, uh, modern day secondary, which I wrote about in OC Varsity, they they recognize that they had blown coverage, missed assignments, and they've got to get on track and and do a better job of keeping track of the of the of the St. John Bosco's receivers. And they didn't get and modern day didn't get a lot of production out of uh, in that game. Uh, the previous game from the safety spot. It was it was pretty much there. There was not uh, much of a presence in the middle of the field, and there wasn't much uh, help. Uh, the the guys that played well were the corners, like you know Darion Green Warren played well, and Elias Ricks uh, played well. Um, Elias played the probably the best, graded probably the best of the the secondary, and um, and Nemo, uh, who's out, you know that's one loss is that you know William Nemo. UCLA committed senior, I think he was the strong safety, the closer safety. Did some pretty good stuff, especially early on on the run game against um, George Helani, somebody that you know modern day's defense really has to think about defending well. The the Boise State running back, he's you know big on run support. He he marked well. Um, Judd Wolf, another a tight end who was kind of surprisingly quiet, but hasn't had the biggest years in terms of offensive numbers, but. You know, we saw what Jake Bailey did, um, and it it was and and on a couple of those touchdowns, at least two of them, um, they were just you know modern day's defense was there, but Bailey had a little bit better position and he got a great throw and he was able to come down and maybe you tip your cap, but modern day can pressure him, uh, DJ better on those throws. And, you know, they can, you know, they can try to get some more support uh, maybe out of the safety position. So the guy probably to, one of the guys to really watch in this game when these safe, these secondary matchups is 
let's see how Moses Sepalona does. He's the new um, free safety junior. Uh, has been starting about, this will be about a sixth game in a row. It's been a, a, a pretty big change that modern day secondaries made. So let's see how number 28 does. We also have to watch the health of uh, Darion Green Warren, who is playing with apparently a dislocated, who dislocated his, one of his fingers. So we'll see how he's doing. Uh, number eight, and expect obviously Elias Ricks coming off a three interception game. You know, number 12, he, you know, I'm sure he'll, be uh, prominent, but how are they going to match up with, um, you know, the guy that really burned them so badly last last game was Jake Bailey. Who's going to be guarding Jake Bailey? Uh, that will be interesting. He had Jake Bailey had three catches in the last game uh, for 161 yards, averaged almost 27 yards per care, uh, per catch. So who's going to be on Jake Bailey, who's a smaller receiver? They move all these guys around um, a lot. Who will be on Bailey? Who will be on um, Chris Hudson, a, a number two, the junior, who's going to be on Colby Bowman, a taller speedster going to Stanford. How is St. John Bosco going to use Judd Wolf, who didn't have any catches in the first game, but is a talented guy? Will they pick their spots with Judd? Um, will they, you know, you, you, you would wonder if Bosco will say, well, hey, modern day doesn't have William Nemo. Who's going to be guarding Judd Wolf, we're going to take that advantage. I'm look, I'm looking to see what happens with that. The um, the strong safety for modern day, I'm expecting it to be freshman sensation, Josh Hunter. Um, but we're also, you know, we're interested to see, you know, where is where is Jeremiah Cradell in this? Um, maybe he is going to be the guy that they somehow uh, assign uh, to Judd Wolf. Uh, give. Jeremiah, who is a senior, committed to Oregon, give him a, uh, hey, play run stop, take care of Judd for us. Maybe that's something you can do. Um, perhaps modern day is going to open up, you know, let's see how many defensive backs they're playing. Are they opening in nickel? Are they playing a three-man front um, on the defensive line? How many linebackers are out there? Uh are they going to get away? You know, some of the times that they had problems with Bosco, I think, in watch, reviewing the tape with some of their zone coverage, um, you know, they seem confused on who's got who. And you see on some plays where um, in the last game where, like I said, the safeties, they're kind of getting frozen. They're getting drawn. They're not really part of the play. They're, you know, um, a lot of time, they're on a few times just kind of standing, watching, not really contributing and, and, um, you know, and that would go for some, even some outlier outside linebackers. There are some plays that they definitely were, um, frozen and confused on what to do. And that's because, you know, um, the Bosco matchup is so tough. DJ is running it. They, you know, Bosco came out running the ball. Well, DJ, um, George Helani was, you know, entering the game was coming off a, a huge running game against Jay Sarah. Modern Day's had struggles against the run at times. So um, that's playing with their mind that they have to be concerned with the run. DJ opens the game running the ball well, but it was all to set up these fakes and then um, get some coverage. And, you know, um, so Bosco was able to do what they wanted to do because no pressure. So let's watch those matchups and see how it is. It'll be an interesting chess match because uh, Modern Day has a lot of personnel to, to, to do. 
There's also uh, to consider in these matchups. There's also Damani Jackson, a freshman cornerback who's playing well, who could also play some nickel, and uh, Jalen Davies, a sophomore who's doing well, who's also could you know uh, be part of the nickel package. So it'll be interesting to see you know are they gonna, you know a lot of these things that I mentioned. And finally, I think you know a, a big key for modern day is going to be the penalties there. Really struggling with the penalties, coming off 21 penalties for 199 against uh, Centennial Corona. So it is weak. Uh, this is the 14th game. I I honestly think this is the the modern day team has struggled with penalties throughout the year, and uh, they haven't been able to shake it. And um, I would say that I'd be surprised if they could shake it in this final game. So, um, but if they can, you know, they didn't have any turnovers in the first game, and they've been doing a pretty good job of late of not turning the ball over. I saw um, modern day play in the quarterfinals against mission VO. They didn't have any turnovers in, in that game. Um, so, uh, you know, they got to, you know, if they could cut down the penalties, that certainly would help. Um, Cause against an, an outstanding team, you know, coach Rollinson saying that modern day has to play nearly perfect, clean football to have a chance to win. You know, that's something that let's see if they can do it, but I kind of have my doubts. I kind of think, um, modern day is going to probably struggle with that, but I think that's something that they're still trying to work on, you know, and, and when I say talk to Scotty, I mean, Bosco, they need to, uh, I think they just need to keep doing, you know, doing what they do. They were balanced, you know, they got, um, Halani going later in the game. They didn't run it ball particularly well early in that, in the last game against modern day, but they got him going later. Um, I think their front seven, um, well, they, their offensive line has got to play well and protect and, on defensively, they you know they came up huge on the fourth down conversions. They held Modern Day 0 for 4. They were big on third down, held Modern Day for 3 for 12 on third down conversions. So that front seven's got to play play well again. Um, pressure Bryce Young. Um, do their best they can against Brew McCoy. And that secondary's got to hold up and can't give up big plays and um, give in modern day any confidence um, that uh, maybe they can attack that uh, secondary. So those are a couple key of the games. I think it's going to be a great game. I think modern day, you know, from mentally, they were surprised um, and they uh, by Bosco last time. I think they, they were overconfident. They had looked at that Bosco, uh, Bosco score against Jay Sarah, and they took the Braves too lightly. Um, they were emotionally spent from the IMG game and, they have improved, and they've got a wake-up call since that game, and I think they'll be better. I don't think I don't know how uh, Bosco can play as well as they can, but I think they can play uh, as they did in the last game, but I think they can play well enough um, to get the victory. That's who I'm predicting to win uh, is uh, Bosco in a, in a very uh, close game. And I believe my partner, Scott Barajas, also picked um, – St. John Bosco. So, but I think it's going to be a great game. I want to thank you all for, uh, you're listening to our, uh, podcast throughout the year. It was a lot of fun. It was a great, exciting year of, uh, Trinity League football. And, uh, can't wait to talk to you guys once again, uh, at some point as we continue to try to grow our podcast. So wherever you are, if you're at the game, enjoy it. Or you go to another game, football game on Friday or Saturday, enjoy it. Thank you for listening. And, um, Happy holidays to everybody uh, out there from the Trinity League Football Podcast.